What is going on, Common Room? I am Ben Cullen, and I have your sports fix prepped and ready to go. My hottest ticket in the world last week was England versus France in the Autumn Nations Rugby Cup final. And England came out on top, but it actually wasn't as hot as I was hoping, and England may have won, but not without extensive criticism. In a dramatic ending, England scored a last-minute try to take it to extra time before Owen Farrell kicked a decisive penalty. England's criticism came following their large emphasis on using a kicking game. So much so that this kicking game resulted in boos from the crowd and backlash from several former players. However, head coach Eddie Jones is having none of it. He called the criticism utterly disrespectful. England came out on top 22-19. Lewis Hamilton, testing positive for COVID-19, left the door open for someone to take the spotlight. The spotlight was given to 22-year-old George Russell, and it was going so well for him before becoming the cruelest of days. For so much of Sunday's Grand Prix, it looked like the youngster would claim a fairy tale victory. He passed Valtteri Bottas, his far more experienced teammate, on the very first corner and was leading comfortably. He led by eight seconds after the first pit stops before the F1 gods intervened and disaster struck. Mercedes double-stacked Russell and Bottas at a pit stop under the safety car and incredibly put the wrong tyres on the Brit's car. He then had to come in again and drop from first to fifth. But Russell was not done. He pulled off another great move to pass his teammate and charged back into second. There appeared to be light at the end of the tunnel. But next came the final cruel twist. Russell suffered a puncture. From second, he tumbled all the way down to 15th, and his bid for the win was over. George, our heart goes out to you, but no doubt a star was born last weekend, and we can't wait to see more of you. New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick accomplished a rare feat on Sunday that would be pretty hard for any other coach to match. Belichick's credentials to date are as follows. He is the NFL's longest tenured active head coach. He also owns the highest all-time playoff coaching wins with 31, and he is one of only three head coaches who have won six NFL titles. But Belichick's team beat the LA Chargers 45-0 in their Week 13 matchup on Sunday afternoon. That took place in the SoFi Stadium, giving him a win in 50, yes, 50 different NFL stadiums. There are, in fact, just two stadiums in the league where Belichick has yet to win a game. The Patriots will return to the $5 billion SoFi Stadium on Thursday night when they play the LA Rams in a pivotal matchup for both teams. We now welcome back to the studio, Tammy Robinson. Tammy is a high-level CrossFit athlete and coach here in Hong Kong. When you first started and you said you got um you got good at it quickly. Would do you think yeah. that because you are perhaps a talented athlete, or did you have some good guidance along the way, or yeah. the competitive? Way? How did you get good quickly? Because it's not easy. Uh, yeah, I am a very lucky athlete. Um, I think for me, as an as a kid, like I was always good at everything. I was always like team captain of all the sports that I played, and I eventually found like I got bored of sports because I was like, I feel like I can't progress. Whereas CrossFit. 
is this sport that is ever-changing and every single year they bring in new movements and all these challenges come up and I'm not the best like I'm constantly chasing people who are better than me and I love that so that's where CrossFit kind of fell into it. Okay what would you say uh, or were some of your strongest traits as an athlete? As an athlete? Yeah. Um, I've always been a powerhouse like I'm quite strong um, my mental fortitude has always been something as well like I don't need other people to train with I don't need motivation from others to do things like I will always go in and give everything my all um, so yeah I'd say that's probably one of my biggest athletic traits um, so who were some of your sporting influences growing up whether they be family friends or, or people on the TV yeah funnily enough um, I don't know how to even put this out there but uh, I didn't grow up in a sporty family like my family didn't understand why I wanted to pursue sport and why I was so into it like education was everything for them um, so definitely no family members and I've never been a spectator of sport and I know that sounds bizarre I have always loved participating but as soon as it gets to spectating like I have the attention span of a fly right. like I just have no no uh, drive for it so in all honesty like Everything that I've done has just come from within because it's something that I love to do and it makes me happy. So I w wish that I could say that I had all these sporting idols that I really looked up to, but that was never the case. That's cool. That's a different story to what we normally have on. So it's, it's interesting yeah. to hear that. Um, so how, when you went from sport to sport, was that you as a curious child wanting to try anything? Yeah, for sure. I mean, literally anything that I had an opportunity to try, I would do it. And my parents were, like I said, they were very diligent and made sure that I got A's in everything that I was doing. And if I did that, then I was allowed to go and explore and do anything else that I wanted. So my like schedule was crazy. I would wake up at like 4.35, train before school, go to school, train during lunchtime, try and like get my meals down during my classes, finish school, go to another set of training, play games, do my homework, go to sleep. And that was my entire day. Like it's always been on the go since the get go. There's a question I normally ask people is, is how did they manage their teenage years and schoolwork? and yep. athletics so yours was simply just cram it all in but 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 school was most important in your family for me yeah i mean like to be able to do the other things it was like a prerequisite which probably made me not enjoy enjoy school as much as i could have because it was like this compulsory thing that like i had to do it to do something else um but i'm really grateful that my parents made me do that because i mean it opened up a lot of doors for me in terms of like being able to study other things outside of school you know I think it's um, really important to have a background it doesn't necessarily need to be a strong schooling education but I think forever trying to educate yourself on things that you're interested in is a super handy tool to have yeah for sure for sure well um, that leads us on nicely to the next stage which is most of our listeners are teenagers and we like yeah. to our guests to part some wisdom on them or just share some of their story and perhaps how it can help our listeners um, mm. it, it is tough to be a teenager and it's only getting harder from what we would have experienced as teenagers sure. um, but I'd like to ask you what do you think there is something teenagers don't need to worry about that perhaps they are worried about because it's easy looking back now but when you're in there it's not easy ah man that's such a tough question um I think the whole thing is like teenagers are really malleable like as a teenager you're still trying to develop who you are and you kind of like tie your identity to the people around you and the things that you're doing I think like if you find something that you're passionate about like go for it just do it I mean there will always be people that are gonna say yes and no and 
you know, the people that are successful are the ones that kind of work against that. And they're like, yeah, I hear you, you're saying no, but I'm super passionate about this and I'm gonna keep trying. So yeah, I think like one of the things that I've learned as I've gotten older is just, yeah, be strong in your identity and don't feel like you need to conform to anyone else or be anyone else. Like you're perfect the way that you are. Brilliant, brilliant advice. Excellent. Um, that leads me on to my next question, actually. And I've not asked it before, but it's something that um, I've been thinking about and I don't think is particularly encouraged in sport. And that is, what do you yeah. think athletes can do to support other athletes, whether they be in a team situation like rugby or football or netball, or perhaps individually as CrossFit, but in, amongst a, a gym? I think, you know, creating an environment of support, like actually being happy for other people's success. I know that that is something that I've always encompassed, but I notice around me that's potentially not what happens. I get it, like when push comes to shove, there is a time to be competitive, but I think having an uplifting competitive environment is super important to keep people motivated, to keep people feeling good about themselves. Like, especially now, I mean, like in this day and age with so much social media and negative comments going around, you don't need everyone else in your sporting field to do the same thing. Like creating a positive community environment with whatever sport you're in is something that athletes can do for each other. Tammy, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Fix and sharing your wisdom with myself and the listeners. Best of luck with your training as the year comes to an end. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. My hottest ticket in the world this week is at the Manchester Derby. Man City take on Manchester United at Old Trafford. That will be a cracker. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll see you for your Sports Fix next week.